there's a lot of things going on. It's just like I don't. It's I'm so scatterbrained this month. You know, this time of year. I don't, I don't know, know what, what to it, focus on. It might be the fact that I'm constantly high on Benadryl, but the days feel like dreams. And also, I mean, you know, I'm not noticing any negative side effects of the Benadryl, but I do really wish that my new coworker, an amorphous shadow of a tall man wearing a wide-brimmed hat that lurks at the edges of my vision, would stop looking over my shoulder. Yeah, no, he, he's not going to do that. Hashtag just hat man things. That is zero credits. The show where we talk about Honda and things. My name's Honda Henry, and my name's John. Prefers the Lexus to December to Remember sales event. And together we're Honda Henry, and I can't. I'm contractually obligated to not bring up another car build, John. So I'm sorry I can't say your name this week. Uh, but together we're coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of that there Honda zeitgeist. Now, I think we can both agree that fuck Toyotathon. Oh, yeah, Toyotathon. We don't even know when that takes place. It floats around based on some weird calendar. Come on. you you. We want tradition. We want the Honda sales event and the Lexus December to remember sales event. Honda I'm just, days. I'm glad Honda is uh, finally putting the Hosanna back in Honda days. Yes, and I'm glad that Lexus is finally putting the Gzexus back in the December to Remember sales event. <laughs> yes, it's good that these car-based holidays are finally getting back to the religious roots that started them, John. Indeed, uh, and the religious figures who created them. <laughs> Everyone can remember the the Christmas story is as outlined in whatever religious texts. Wait, Christmas is only in one religion. What am I saying? <laughs> <laughs> Christmas is a pan religious event. Well, it really is uh, more. Well, yeah, kind of more. To, than, yeah, yeah, used to be for sure. Yeah, it was. You know the not the solstice. Um, the other one, equinox. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I don't know pagan stuff. Is that is that offensive to pagans? <laughs> I I mean I think pagans kind of have it more right than anybody else because at least they care about equinoxes and yeah and uh, and solstices, which are real events. Yeah, their holidays are based on real observable events, whereas a lot of the Christian holidays are are based on on belief, which is fine. I'm not knocking that, but it's easier to point at like, hey, the moon's doing something weird. Maybe we should like. I don't know. Put a skull on a stick and like do a little a little food sacrifice or something. I don't know. I mean, that's the thing about Christmas, which makes it so special. Is it's the uh, the only the only uh, non pagan religious holiday with observable events because you know you get to see Christmas. 
<laughs> Were you about to say Krispy Kreme? <laughs> you get to see. <laughs> you get to. <laughs> he can't say it. You get. To, you get to see uh, crispy. Crispy Santa Claus, <laughs> just come on down the rooftop. And... Why is he crispy? <laughs> That's just how he is. <laughs> I, I tried to say Santa Claus, but I also said Christmas. Uh, you could have said Chris Kringle. Yeah, you get to see Crispy Kringle. Chris, <laughs> you get to see <laughs> old get Father see, Winter himself. You get to see Crispy Kremel come down. <laughs> Come down the roof with his bag full of presents for all the his, good boys and girls. Yeah, his, his bag full of gl- gl- glazed treats. <laughs> yeah, uh, blessed, blessed be him. Wow, this episode is off to a great start. Yeah, I, uh, I've taken a lot of Benadryl, but at least I'm drinking. <laughs> I'm not sure those two should go together, John. I uh, should they not? I have no idea. See, okay, I only took Benadryl before I drank, so I don't know. Yeah, I uh, so I'm taking a lot of Benadryl for uh, an a not a, maybe a histamine reaction that I'm having that we won't go into on the podcast. But let me just look up Benadryl alcohol because and I'll, just, uh, I'll just jump in and say uh, this is a week where you should thank us for not being a video podcast because oh yikes. Uh, I- indeed, I'm uh, I'm uh, a giant uh, ball of histamine. Let's just say that uh, John's so covered in hives. I think I can see some bees. Uh, okay. It looks like the worst side effect is that you feel uncoordinated, and I feel that all the time, anyway. Oh, maybe this will balance you out. Hopefully. So uh, tonight I am drinking, I'm trying to keep it light since I am uh, taking a lot of Benadryl for this thing. I am drinking a real ale brewing Commissar Russian Imperial Stout. That's right, 9.9% alcohol by volume because it was the the only beer I had in the fridge. Yeah, yeah, keeping it light with a good old 9% stout. Ooh, delicious though. You know, John, the, the weather is getting colder. Uh, inexplicably, because last week we were in the 70s, uh, but this week we're in the 40s, and it sucks. So I'm drinking a Hefeweizen and mm. trying to get some uh, some some of that 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 weedy weedy warmth into my belly. I feel like a Hefeweizen nicely splits the difference. You know, you have the 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 warm wheat. It's a little summery, but it's a little funky, which your winter beers tend to be. Yeah, I like Hefe. Uh, a Hefeweizen. This is the Live Oak Hefeweizen, by the way. They're right here in Austin. I like a Hefeweizen because it, it it's one of the only light beers that really does transition between the fall and the winter season, which is great for here in the Deep South uh, because we can get both of those seasons within like a couple of days of each other. Yeah, it's uh, beers are tough when you live in the deep south because in a lot of other places, there's a nice like transition period where your palate starts to open up and the days of IPAs and, and sessionable lagers are gone. And then you transition to your Hefeweizens and your doubles. But down here, it's like, oh, you're drinking an IPA one day, a stout the next. How does the body keep up? I don't think it can. I, I th- So I used, I used to get uh, really... 
I used to get really bad allergies every time the weather changed uh, back when I lived in a swamp. Uh, but I, I think the, the body literally cannot handle the shift between the seasons for whatever reason. I mean, we're, uh, we were put on this planet, uh, speaking, speaking of religious ideals, uh, we were put on this planet, created one might say, uh, during a time when we had seasons, uh, and, and less unpredictable weather events. And you know what? We're just trying to keep up. Yeah. We got La Nina. La Nina's going on. Yeah. We're just listing things, or is that one really going on? No, La Nina is actually going on. And that's the one where it's, uh, El Nino's the rain. Is El Nin- La Nina the, the dryness? I think La Nina is rapidly Googling it. Uh, let's see. La Nina is a cold event, which means cold water. Oh, cold. Okay. So rainy in the, the winter. Yes, and uh, La Nina, uh, people largely suspect, was responsible for the Texas freeze. However, all meteorologists are saying that uh, the Texas winter this year is actually going to be one of the driest and hottest in memory. So maybe not as life-threatening, but concerning for a different reason. What's the, what's the different reason? Oh, global warming. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it, uh... I guess it's a good thing that that Texas freeze won't be happening again, uh, considering 700 people died during that event. I think it's 700. Is there a number in your head? No, uh, but that sounds about right. I think it was 700, but I might be thinking of the 700,000 Americans who have lost their life to COVID. Yeah, I might be thinking of the 700 Club once again, speaking of uh, religious (laughs) ideas and ideals. Anyone of the 700 Club? Uh, I only remember it from the South Park episode where they have to buy Star Wars ships for, for some reason. Oh, I uh, have keep, not have not yeah, seen that. They keep fundraising to get more bigger ships to catch aliens so they can profitize to them. Interesting. It's a whole thing. I just saw the 700 Club on TV a lot as a kid. I never did. Huh, maybe we didn't. I had one of those big satellites that got all the channels. The 700 Club for me was one of those things where I don't know how this happened, but in my brain growing up was synonymous with uh, Ocean, not Ocean, Charlie's Angels. Really? The 700 Club and Charlie's Angels in my young, stupid mind were the same thing. Uh, that is fascinating. Do you want a description of the 700 Club, or are you, are you aware of what it is now? Isn't it just like a weird telephone service for... Uh, tell me. Uh, it is a flagship television program of the Christian Broadcasting Network, essentially a talk show with a Christian perspective. Okay, so very much like Charlie's Angels then. Yeah, pretty much exactly the same thing as Charlie's Angels. When you were a kid, were you aware of the original Charlie's Angels or just the remake? Oh, uh, what remake? The the film? No, the I, I I'm it was specifically the television show. Mm, I see. So the <laughs> fascinating. What what an interesting conflation to happen in the mind. Don't know. Don't know why. Listen, neural pathways get formed when you're a kid and you can never fix them. Cool. 
They're, they'll always be there. That explains a lot. Yeah, that's... uh, Yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. I think it... I want to look at the, the, the logo of the 700 Club. Because in my head, it's like big golden letters, right? I think it's like big silver letters. Silver? I think so. Oh, I'm not going to be able to find the old logo, am I? Uh, hosted by Pat Robertson. Great guy. <laughs> wow, even on IMDB, the rating for the 700 Club is a 1.9 out of 10. Yikes. People on IMDb right. are vicious. All right, I've seen the logo for the 700 Club. Now I'm going to look up the logo for Charlie's Angels. You know, the font in the 700 Club logo does remind me of 007. <laughs> um, I can't explain it. Yeah, I have no idea. The, 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 no, they don't look anything alike. Listen, it it just happened. I actually looked up 006, and I get a lot of pictures of Sean Bean. Was yeah, he... like the 007 in the logo for GoldenEye 007 kind of looks like the 700 Club. Oh, and you could, like, just reverse the numbers. Yeah, there you go. Oh, uh, the 700 Club is just on. We did it. We did we it, fi- folks. We, we figured it out. Now we just got to find out what that moon shack is. Yeah, let's talk about that. So, uh, recently, ha- have you heard about this? Have you re- have you read about this? Have you heard about this? Hey, hey it, it, this moon shack has been in the news. Been in the news. Have you heard about this? A Chinese rover on the moon uh, sent back pictures of what appears to be a raised uh, point of interest on the horizon on the dark side of the moon, uh, and a lot of people are saying it looks rather shack-like. Hmm. That that's the whole story. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty much. The whole story. I mean, we're going to find out what it is in a couple of months as as the rover continues its path. Apparently, it's very slow. I, I think it's fascinating that the first thing people thought when they saw it was, "Hmm, shack." <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we've the moon, which is like the most explored of the celestial bodies that we we've uh, been exploring lately. Seems to have no surprises. So it, to me, it's like, it's got to be a rock. Like, if it's really going to be a shack, I at least hope the gift shop is cool. I mean, one would hope so. I, I've i seen so many bad gift shops on the moon. <laughs> now, something that I saw uh, was fascinating. It was a screenshot of a Facebook thread about this uh, this moon shack. And then someone said... Looks like a soundstage, perhaps where they faked the moon landing. And the idea of, this person seemed to be genuine, uh, but the idea of the moon landing was faked on the moon is, amazing. is a very psychically powerful idea. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, look, we all know Stanley Kubrick. Kubrick? Kubrick. Kubrick. We all know Stanley Kubrick directed and shot the moon landing, but he wanted an authentic experience. So he demanded that they shoot it on the moon. Yeah. And so many takes, he just really would not stop with the takes. Buzz Aldrin was crying. Yeah. So this is an actual true thing. Uh, you heard a couple of years ago, Buzz Aldrin assaulted a journalist. He punched the dude through the camera. Is what I how I understand it, 
And uh, that was because of the amount of takes that Mr. Kubrick made them do. He actually got a weird trigger, a PTSD trigger uh, for cameras. And so when a camera is shoved in his face, he just punches right through it and hits the journalist on the other side. Yeah, see, I, from my understanding, the way the interaction happened was the journalist said, uh, did you fake the moon landing? And then he got punched, of course, by, by Buzz Aldrin. But, of course, what Buzz Aldrin heard was just the end, which is fake the moon landing, which, of course, was the single directorial cue that Stanley Kubrick kept <laughs> shouting at them for every day. <laughs> fake, fake the moon landing! <laughs> just every take. Cut. No, no other real fake the moon landing. <laughs> no other directions. Not like faster or slower or like Buzz look this way. Hey, just just fake the moon landing. <laughs> How hard can it be? Just fake the moon landing. It's a simple concept. Just fake it. It was a but, pretty long one shot too, so it took days. Yeah, yeah. Each yeah e- each cut was a single reel of space film. Yeah, and that space film is not cheap. No, you got to go all the way to like the camera cameras guild, the cameraman's guild for that stuff. You think it was tough to get those astronauts on the moon? Try getting an auteur director on the moon. Oh man, he kept wanting to redo the launch. And he kept looking out the windows being like, "Where's the baby? Where's the baby? Where's the big <laughs> space baby?" I know there's a space baby. We all know there's a space baby. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and of course, as we all know, there is not a space baby, but they did fake the moon landing on the moon. Right. Yeah, Stanley Kubrick, uh, famous, uh, this is in his autobiography, uh, but he had one of those mobiles of of the planets above his crib. So he just thought every time he saw a planet, there should be a baby underneath it. Yeah, which is, of course, where 2001 A Space Odyssey came from, which one of the more famous scenes was, of course, because they allowed chimpanzees to party with bones in his room as a baby. Yeah. And they would throw bones at the ceiling and he would see the bones going up and then he was like, what if that turned into a spaceship? What if I turn into a spaceship? What if I turn into a spaceship? I'm Stanley Kubrick and I'm a baby. And now he's worth a billion dollars. And he's dead. This corpse is worth even more. <laughs> oh, man, if you find Stanley Kubrick's corpse, you're going to be a billionaire. You'll be set to, li- set for, set to life. <laughs> That's right. You'll be sentenced to life. Sentenced to life. You, you'll have no choice. <laughs> you'll have to go to prison, but you'll be rich. Prison rich. It's a whole new experience. <laughs> uh, I've certainly heard there's no better way for me to segue into the one thing i want to talk about because i fear that if we talk about this at the end of the episode that it will uh force us into one of our famed downward rage spirals that we tend to get at the end of the episode cool let's start our downward rage spiral right now i can't I can't say words tonight, so we're just going to gloss over everything. Let's go. We might come back. We can bounce back from this. But, Henry, have you heard of a little company called Better.com? Boy, have I, John. Really? Boy, boy have I fucking heard about this shit. <laughs> oh, I have no. heard about this, and I have read about it. I have heard about it, and I have read about it. I've seen it in the news. Take it away, John. <laughs> <laughs> Great. This will be a surprise. Uh, to no one, but uh, the I'll, I'll just read from Henry. Are you a big fan of the New York Post at all? Uh, I only like 
I, I know the, John Mulaney has a really good bit about the New York Post, and that that's all I know about it. I don't think he's wrong. The New York Post is pretty problematic, but I think that uh, if you know what you're getting, you can appreciate the way uh, that they write. Uh, but the way they frame it is the boss of online mortgage lender, better.com laid off some 900 employees on a zoom call, then slammed the ex workers for allegedly stealing from our customers, uh, by not being productive. Uh, that boss of course is Vishal Garg, uh, who in addition to firing 900 employees, 15% of the company's workforce on a zoom call. Uh, authored an anonymous post to the professional network Blind, which he then admitted to, uh, where he said things such as, you guys know that at least 250 of the people terminated were working an average of two hours a day while clocking eight hours plus a day in the payroll systems. Uh, The uh, fascinating thing to me about the way the New York Post chose to write this is after that quote, they attribute it to uh, Father of Three, which is... (laughs) Which is who, who he is. What? Why? Uh, for, the New York Post sometimes inexplicably refers to people as being father or mother of X number of children. I guess that's relevant to somebody. Uh, but yes, they were stealing from you and stealing from our customers <laughs> who pay the bills, that pay our bills, get educated, he added. And then oh my God. later fessed up to writing that because that's just real alpha stuff right laying off 900 people on a zoom call and then writing an anonymous post to complain about it let's frame this in the way he did it which on a zoom call yes but he starts out by saying you know last time i had to do this i cried yes i hope i can do better this time (laughs) i hope i can show no emotion to the 900 people i'm firing and i'm not lying I hope I can do better this time or something to that effect is the direct sentence before he starts the sentence. We're going to have to lay off a percentage of our staff. Yes. What? So the fascinating (laughs) thing to me about this situation is how if you watch the Zoom call, which I don't recommend you do, bad vibes, uh, he says that a number of uh, a number of factors contributed to the layoffs. Uh, such as uh, the economy. I guess that's fair. And then he says efficiency and performance. And from what I've been able to tell, the efficiency and performance issues he's talking about are the efficiency and performance issues of Better.com, not necessarily uh, of its employees. Better.com is not uh, doing exceptionally well. I think it posted like a $52 million loss last quarter. Uh, so it's got some issues for sure. Uh, now, of course, Garg, it's it's just a it's just a, it's just his name. Uh, <laughs> John, you, you can't just go around calling people Garg. <laughs> it's uh, but Garg, this is not his first uh, brush with controversy. Uh, I can't really get into all of it. He's being sued for fraud by multiple people, some of which are the banks that are investing in the SPAC for Better.com. So I don't know what's going on there. Well, the company just got like a $7 billion loan from a bank. Yeah, it uh, it just got an injection, I think, of $750 million million. from from a SPAC. Uh, 
which I think one of the provisions of the injection of capital from said SPAC was to cut costs. Oh, uh, so, okay. But, but of course, keep in mind, most of the investors in SPACs are like hedge funds. So these people don't have people's best interests at heart anyway. Uh, so that is entirely possible that they received the money, the, they received the injection of funds. But this is not separate from the fact that uh, Mr. Garg did receive a $25 million bonus uh, in 2019. Uh, maybe some of that $25 million could have paid some of these people. Uh, who can say? Jesus uh, who, Christ. Who can say? A let $25 me, million dollar bonus. Let me just uh, Let me just do... I wonder, I wonder how much salary that could pay people. Eh, uh, I mean, only like $27,000 a year, but you still could have kept people employed. <laughs> if you split it up, you could, you could technically employ 900 people with that bonus for a year. Yeah. How much did you say per year? Uh, like 27,000, not a lot, but you could okay. still keep some of them. Yeah. Uh, so, so maybe not all 900, but a larger percent yeah maybe maybe lose your massive bonus at some point and take better care of your people but mr garg uh has not it seems had a great relationship with his employees uh quoting from forbes actually uh this article begins also i found another incredible article about this guy uh, the headline was he threatened to set his business partner on fire. Now he's a billionaire. Uh, but this is not that article. This article begins. Hello, wake up better team writes Vishal Garg, the CEO of better.com in an email to employees obtained by Forbes. You are too damn slow. You are a bunch of dumb dolphins and dumb dolphins get caught in nets eaten by sharks. So stop it. Stop it. Stop it right now. You are embarrassing me. What the fuck? Is this real? Yes, at the time, Garg, 42, definitely uh, a human adult who should not send out emails like that. Uh, yes, he uh, is pretty famous for being very harsh to his employees. But harsh in a really specific kind of way that just sounds like he himself is dumb. Yes, dumb dolphins. Dumb uh, dolphins, which... I've never heard before. He makes a good point. I guess dumb dolphins do get caught in nets and eaten by sharks. But at the end of the day, aren't all dolphins smarter than most humans? Yeah, and dolphins are smarter than sharks. So who's to say? Uh, all of this to say, Mr. Garg does not stop seem it. like a, a particularly stop it, great stop guy. It. <laughs> stop it, stop it, stop it. Stop it, stop it, stop it. You're making me look bad which fuck off dude seriously which for what it's worth in his address and laying those people off he said that they want to build a leaner hungrier workforce with more attentive management and stricter discipline and uh i don't know about you but i can't really think of a way to retain a skilled workforce during the greatest workforce shift in modern history than saying we will be meaner to you. There yeah. will be more surveillance. You're going to be hungrier because you're going to have to pick up the slack of the 15% we just slashed. And also, yeah, con con congratulations. You're still here. But now <laughs> every move he just made was the wrong move. Yeah. It's just <laughs> a really great way to keep good talent at a company when people could quit pretty yeah. easily. 
you quit the people who might have stayed, and now the people who you want to stay are immediately seeking other jobs. I mean, at least when I was in a company that went through a large amount of layoffs, they were like really trying to sweeten the pot for the people who stayed, like doing spot bonuses and just trying to make sure that people did not read into the layoffs and uh, and lose their love of this uh, corporate family. Uh, but they are not doing this at all. Yeah, Better.com no. is not doing this at all, rather. They're not doing it better at all. Uh, no, they are doing it uh, quite a bit worse, one might say. But I think this is just a pretty good reminder that at the end of the day, uh, your employer doesn't care about you. Yeah, no, um, th- this is interesting because this is not the only – this is the largest layoff that's in the news lately, but it's not – the only layoff that's that's kind of shaken the news cycle uh, um, uh, lately. I'm trying uh, to find the story now, but you, you might have heard of it. Yeah, I'm, I don't think I'm familiar. Uh, so Call of Duty Warzone, a game that I think came out very recently or is still under development. I'm not entirely sure about the status of the game, uh, but they just slashed the 30% of their QA team. Oh boy! Of, of their QA contractor, Raven Software. Oh no, not Raven. Yeah, Raven. Uh, so, <laughs> um, Wisconsin-based Raven, which has been a subsidiary, subsidiary—that's a hard word to say—subsidiary of Activision for decades, laid off twelve contractors, representing nearly thirty percent of the QA team on Friday. Uh, and then said further Raven QA contractors will be notified this week about whether they're being promoted to full-time or being laid off. Oh boy, don't do that. Uh, so the reason why this is making news is because there was a huge outcry by the Ra- the rest of the Raven team. Uh, it's like, we've been partners with you for, you know, 12, a number of years now, and... It's it's December. It's right before the holidays. How could you do this? Uh, causing the first the rest of the QA team to to stage a walkout. Yes, and then a number of the dev team. Yes, and, and when I say a number, it looks like uh, a like uh, I can't. I don't have any numbers here. But more and more of the team are staging consecutive day walkouts. To protest this this uh, this laying off, so I feel like something is sweeping through workers. Like we've got a number of big company strikes going on. Like John Deere just had that huge union is uh, strike mm-hmm. uh, that Kellogg's in, is going on right now too. Kellogg's just announced that uh, because the union did not accept the contract. Uh, they're going to replace every striking worker. Oh, boy. So that strike seems to have failed. The only question is, replace them with who and how? Yeah, replace them <laughs> at uh, at massive cost to yourself. Right, so you're going to lose either way if you do that. I don't know. There is There is a bit of a movement sweeping through, I feel like, at least this American nation, that, hey, maybe maybe it's time to demand more workers rights this is getting kind of out of control at this point 
Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with, like, younger and younger people entering the workforce and also realizing their worth. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see where it goes because it does seem like we're in a little bit of a workers' movement. Yeah. For decades, this country has been propped up by the notion that you go to work, you go to your 9 to 5. In reality, it's an 8 to 5 with an hour lunch break. You do that for 35 years, and then maybe you get to retire and experience whatever you want to do in in your twilight years when your body is a little more broken down and you can't do as much. And uh, the young people entering the workforce, including I think our generation and maybe even a little bit older than us and then going younger, we realize that that's a crock of shit. Yeah, I mean, when we're... I wish I could ruin 401ks were ratified. It was in the late 80s or early 90s. No generation has actually retired on 401ks. We're working on untested technology as far as our retirement goes, and I don't think people really want to play that game. Yeah, no, I think we want a little more guarantees. One, that our time will be well spent and that we won't just be working to make other people money. Yes. And two, we just want to be able to experience the things we want to experience in a timely manner, not waiting to the end of our life after we're withered husks who have sold our bodies in every way you can imagine just to be able to afford to pay off the bank as we store our belongings in a house they allow us to live in. I mean, really, kind of objectively, uh, there's not a lot of routes to retirement in the existing system. And the one that exists is a pretty raw deal because just statistically speaking, you know, not a lot of people make it to 65. Maybe the majority of people do. I don't know. But like that's playing the odds that you're even going to make it to an age that you retire and you're going to spend the interim I don't know, let's say 45 years working your ass off. I don't know that anyone really wants to do that. Right. And the system was put up in a a time where the age uh, expectancy, the life expectancy was going up. It was trending upwards. So people were living longer. Uh, That's not the case anymore. Mm -hmm. Thanks to COVID and a bunch of other health concerns like the emergence of cancer and other deadly life-ending diseases and illnesses, Uh, For the first time in decades, life expectancy is trending downward. I mean, think of it this way. Like, imagine the way that you feel right now, being 30-ish. Yeah. And and knowing that, like, the the loss of bodily autonomy isn't linear. It's kind of logarithmic, like it speeds up as you get older. Imagine feeling 10 times worse than you do right now and enjoying life. Yeah. So okay, now that your your back hurts every time you stand up or sit down, go explore Europe. Yeah, like the the question that people seem to arrive at is like what kind of lifestyle are you going to have for the next 35 years of your life after you retire? It's like do you think anyone's going to be an enjoying retirement until they're 100? Most people are going to die in their mid to late 70s. Not a lot of people make it well into their 80s. And, like, by the time you're 75, just 10 years after you retire, you can't even really travel or enjoy anything at that point. 
I mean, yeah, not to mention your mind might go, too, way before your body does. Yeah, then every day is an adventure. Didn't well, even need that retirement fund. Right, well, you will to pay for the, the memory care uh, living facility that you're now required to live in. Yeah, you can die in the street. Okay, <laughs> right, that's true. You're not wrong. Um it's sad is what it is. And I feel like, yeah, there needs to be a major uh, adjustment. I, I want it to be punny there. A major cost of living adjustment. I just want everyone's lives to get better.com. <laughs> Pretty funny. But yeah, I think now is the time to rise up and uh, overthrow the bourgeoisie and the 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 one percent the uh, the people with all the money and let's evenly distribute it to everybody who you know wants a slice and that's everybody everybody wants a slice and uh, then we just uh, become communist yeah I mean here's the thing if you want a diet version of that which is is maybe actionable life advice for most people uh, People, anyone who might be listening to this podcast or anyone who can hear my voice among the millions of people uh, who listen to this episode every minute. uh, What I would like to say is that even in the existing system that we have right now, late stage capitalism, broken as it is, you still are probably worth more than you're getting paid. And there's typically people out there who are willing to pay you what you're worth. And if not, there's there's something that you can do that's worth money for the most part. Like a lot of people will work jobs until they quote unquote retire when they have like $200,000 saved up, which is not even enough money to retire, which is disgusting. But like there's value to be wrung out of this system in the interim, uh but in the meantime, try to tear it down. Yeah. I mean, benefit from it while trying to change it. That's what we are all trying to do. Yeah, well, I've been trying to thread the needle of starting a revolution and becoming rich my entire life. So that when the revolution comes, I will be the first against the wall. And I will go happily. See, the key is when you're rich, just be like Dolly Parton. Just be nice. Just be nice. Just have empathy. That's the only thing. Like, seriously, the easiest thing in the world is to be to be rich with empathy. Like, you you already have all your needs taken care of. Not just care about, like, a couple of causes, a couple of other things. You could be like Bill Gates and Melinda Gates, uh, may their marriage rest in peace. R.I.P. Um, R.I.P. But, like, they just were like, hey, let's eradicate malaria. And, and then they give back. They develop vaccines. They genetically breed mosquitoes to not carry uh, malaria anymore. And they help out. Places they've probably, you know, never even thought of before. They were like, let's get rid of malaria. They're helping out places that they don't live in. It's like, that's fine. That's good. And, you know, maybe a couple of conspiracy theories brew and now, like, everyone hates you. That's great. I I do want to make special mention of this. That, can you imagine how it must feel... And you know, I like a good psyop, I like a good conspiracy theory, but can you imagine being one of the world's most prominent, if not the most prominent philanthropist or philanthropic organizations in the world to have dedicated billions upon billions of dollars to making people's lives better, and then most of the discourse about you is that you're evil? (laughs) 
That's got to feel pretty good, right? Yeah, it's got to feel amazing. I mean, honestly, I I don't know that Bill or Melinda Gates really give a shit because as long as they're like actually helping people, I don't know that the like hundreds of thousands of lives they save uh, by trying to er- eradicate malaria are also like weird QAnon weirdos. So maybe there's not a lot of overlap. Yeah, I mean, they they might not even be like aware, like it's not even really on their radar. Yeah, and that's fine. But also, yeah. all of this to say, I think it's probably easier to be nice if you're rich. It should be, right? Like You have less it, to worry about. You have less to worry about. I mean, Do- Dolly Parton does it every freaking day. Yeah, she's she's very nice. There is an argument to be made that if you let money rule your life, you do make being rich your full-time job. But uh, just don't do that. Just don't do that. Start a reading program in Tennessee. Make sure all of the kids who are born there have books. And then later in life, extend it to Colorado. Just every day. I I want at least one of the listeners of this podcast to do this. Take a picture of Dolly Parton. Tape it to your bathroom mirror. Right at the top. And after you brush your teeth and you shave and you apply your CeraVe daily moisturizer... You use your Cetaphil Gently Daily Cleanser, and you put on your Super Goop Unseen Sunscreen. You look up at that little picture of Dolly Parton, and you say, I'm going to be like Dolly today. That's a good message. Sounds like you were attacking yourself, but it's still a good (laughs) message. I despise how how much stuff I put on my skin now, but my skin has never felt or looked better, so I guess... Uh, I guess they were right to make the products. I mean, yeah, sure. I don't know. I don't use anything on my skin and oh, that's I always break like out in hives. <laughs> oh no. I'm glad only one of us on the podcast has broken out in hives. It's you. It's like mosquito bites. Do they itch? Yeah. Hmm. It's not great. That sucks. That's the it worst. Really does. So what nice. I've got going on right now is basically my whole right hand. Oh my gosh. It's really bad. Yeah. Do you, do you find yourself like when I have a bunch of ant bites for no reason, we don't have to get into it. Uh, I find myself like kind of like rubbing up against stuff to kind of like, I'm not scratching, but I'm kind of pushing pressure on it to relieve the itch, but it never really works. Oh, I just don't scratch it. You've, you're a stronger person than I am. It's a willpower exercise every day. God, I hope they give me steroids. Did you ever have the chicken pox? I don't know that I ever did. Ooh. But from my understanding, I have hives, and if I had shingles, they would be debilitatingly painful. Yeah, you've never had chicken pox, so if you get shingles, you're probably down and out for the count. For life? For the three to four years it takes for you to get rid of them shingles. Oh, no. I think I've... I mean, my brother had chicken pox. Oh, then you must have. I think I've had chicken pox. A lot of the times what parents will do is uh, when one kid gets chicken pox, they'll kind of infect the other. Yeah, they made my brother hang out with me a lot. Yeah. I just don't remember it because I must have been like four or five. Right. Yeah. I I think it was the same case for me, but I actually had it twice. Oh, no. That's rare. 
Uh, yeah, because uh, my sister got it and my parents did the infecty thing. Only it didn't really take. No. So then I got it again and it was much, much worse. What do chicken pox look like? Little bumps. Oh little, no, that's what I got. Little scratchy, ippy, 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 ippy. Oh no. Scratchy, ippy, 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 ippy. They're red. Chicken pox okay. are red. Mine aren't red. It's the same. It's, it turns out it's the same thing. Like the shingles virus is the same thing as chicken pox. Yeah, shingles is apparently pretty rough. Yeah, yeah. But let's get off this topic and on to more topics that make us go, oh, really? Man, does it really last for years? No, it doesn't. Oh, okay. Um, at max, hopefully like a month. Okay. Yeah. I'm okay. I can do anything for a month. Yeah, mine does not look like shingles. There you go. No, you would know. You would know if it was shingles because you wouldn't be able to touch it. Ugh. Because it would just cause so much pain. Man, why are we born into bodies? Don't know. But anyway, and other, other news, other news that makes us go, oh, God damn it. Um, <laughs> have you heard about a little, a little thing called the Game Awards, John? Uh, no. Is that uh, Jeff Keighley? It is Jeff Keighley. Yes, okay. it's the annual event put on by Jeff Keighley. Uh, who used to organize the E3, but then left E3 to do the Game Awards. It's supposed to be a celebration of gaming and all of the people involved in games, uh, but they landed in a little bit of hot water recently. Jeff Keighley was after my time. I really I really checked out after Adam Sessler. Why is that name familiar? He was on ex- Extended Play? Is that... It was like a G4? video game review show on... Tech TV, and then oh, yeah, and then eventually G four. I don't know. I weird that I know that name, but I don't know the man. Um, but yes, yeah, so uh, as people who are plugged into the game industry might be aware, uh, Blizzard Activision is a shitty company, and Bobby Kotick is a horrible person who has uh, suggested that he, hey, he might step down if he can't create a better culture. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, to catch everybody up, Blizzard has been uh, – they, they've been we, – we covered this. The, the state of California is investigating them for sexual assault and just generally bad workplace behavior nonsense. And uh, they've just – they've found more and more evidence that all of the accusations have a ring of truth to them. And what's happened is a really neat thing in the gaming industry has taken place where Microsoft, Sony – uh, Ubisoft, ironically, uh, and some other companies have come out and said, we will no longer support Blizzard Activision until they get their shit together. Oh, awesome. Uh, Ubisoft saying it louder than everybody else, hoping that they don't realize that we don't realize that Ubisoft still ha- hasn't taken care of their shit. <laughs> that never happens in the games industry. Never, never, never do other companies call each other out. There's a, like this weird wall iron curtain of solidarity um, because they're like, hey, you know, we don't care as long as we sell games. Uh, but even Nintendo came out and said that that behavior is not okay. And Nintendo is notorious for not addressing the outside world at all. Yeah, Nintendo is a walled garden. So it was really weird then when the Game Awards made a statement, an announcement saying that they basically weren't picking a side. 
Oh boy. Oh no, that's the worst. They made an announcement saying they're really excited for all of the... I'm not reading anything, I'm paraphrasing. They're really excited to celebrate gaming and make all these cool world premieres, uh, but they wouldn't be taking a side in this Blizzard Activision thing, uh, to which the internet said very loudly, boo. Yeah, I mean, that's the, the problem with not taking a side is it's taking a side. Absolutely. By not taking the side, you're allowing a system that's been in place for decades to continue. That's what everyone yelled at Jeff Cayley. The The problem is like when you don't – usually when people are, are in a position to not pick a side, it's – it's usually a systematic problem and then a, a backlash or a salve to that systematic problem. And by not picking a side, you are siding with the systematic problem. Exactly. Like, I, I can kind of get where they were coming from because they're like, we don't want to alienate any big names. Uh, but if you were, you might recall, uh, you might not recall, I don't know how well you fell at the Game Awards, uh, but Jeff Cayley took up 10 minutes of a Game Awards in previous years calling out Konami for their treatment of his good friend Hideo Kojima. I mean, uh, respect. They wouldn't allow Hideo Kojima to uh, receive the award that his game won. So he did that for 10 minutes, but he wouldn't take a side about sexual assault and, and, and sexual misconduct in the workplace. Yeah, that, uh, I mean, as much as I love Hideo Kojima, um, Probably more important to side with survivors than it is to side with him. Right. That would be like siding with an auteur director over the gross mistreatment of actresses in Hollywood. Oh, no. It's it's a literal one-to-one comparison. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, all of this happened over the weekend, by the way. Like, on Friday, the Game Awards made the announcement that they weren't taking a side. Uh, and then the internet exploded on both the Game Awards... And Jeff Cayley. And by Saturday morning, Mr. Cayley uh, made the announcement that Blizzard Activision will not be taking part as any uh, – they won't be involved at all with the Game Awards and that we need to come together and make a statement uh, that, you know, this behavior is not okay. And it's like, too little, too late, buddy. I'm sorry you had your chance. You could have made – like, you could have used your platform for good. But now it's just like, oopsie doopsie, I made a mistakey-wakey. Yeah, I mean, when you're doing it just to save face, it doesn't mean anything anymore. Exactly. And and I wouldn't even feel like, if I was in his shoes, I wouldn't feel pressured to try to sit on the fence in this issue when every other big name in gaming called them out on it. It's like, it would be the easiest win in the world from a marketing perspective to pile on. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that he didn't do that says a lot about it's like if you're i really like this take that i saw by people it's like by not taking a side you're not siding with the people who make games how can you claim to be a celebration of gaming if you're not willing to stand up for the people who make the games yeah if you're not willing to stand up to the people who have brought like credible allegations all you're standing up for is brands right and like it It would be one thing, not a big thing. Like, the fact that it's the state of California. Again, I want to stress this. I feel like I stressed this a lot when we first covered the story. 
a government body is investigating these these people. Like they don't move unless they know they have something. This yeah. isn't like a let's see which way the wind blows situation. This is everybody get off the sinking fucking ship. Yeah, it is a oh the entire state of California knows that they have meat on a hook. Yeah. I just, I don't, I'm not in Mr. Kaylee's shoes and he is like the sole person. Or he's, he's at least the biggest name behind these game awards, which to be honest is they're kind of a joke every year. I've never watched one in my entire life. I've watched the past three. Only because sometimes there's Super Smash Bros. character announcements in them. Uh, but Super Smash Bros. is over now, so I don't know if I'll be watching any going forward. Although it was really neat one time when Vin Diesel and Michelle Rodriguez uh, showed up to plug a game that neither of them looked like they had ever really experienced or played. And then that game came out and nobody talked about it. Amazing. I love video game PR. It's so good. This is the very best. Jeff Goldblum was there last year. It's just like, why? Are you here? Keanu Reeves, Jeff Goldblum. They show up. They show up. I thought Keanu Reeves is at E3. Oh, you're right. Man, I used to watch E3 every year, and now who cares? I still do. I'm still very much plugged into this, this industry that wants nothing to do with me, apparently. I mean... Maybe you should start a company and then have credible uh, sexual oh, harassment allegations brought against you. Oh, yeah. That, then I'll get the respect from Jeff Cayley that I deserve, quote. Finally, we mark. can all be Bobby Kotick. May that guy get what's coming to him. Yeah, it's, uh, it's bad. I really... This is a this is a bad take. I hate that all this happened when Diablo 2 Resurrected came out, because I can never buy that game now. Yeah. Yeah, it's well. I've also I, 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 Blizzard lately, like a game might get released. I guess Diablo Two Resurrection is the only thing that came out. None of their games are like getting any press coverage right now. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Rewind the clock twenty years, and Blizzard was like one of the biggest, most trusted names in gaming, and they just found a way to ruin it, which goes to show. That uh, money ruins everything. We should all be poor. We should all go back and play Diablo 2, the original. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a perfectly good version of Diablo that won't give Bobby Kotick any money, and that's Diablo 2. And you know what? There are other games by other places that aren't bad, such as The Rift Breaker, available now on Xbox Games Pass. Also available on the PlayStation, well, PlayStation Plus last month. Uh, was a little game that uh, you might remember, John. Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning. <laughs> yes, yeah, so any time that you would have spent playing Diablo 2 Resurrected, please play Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning, a video game which is somehow getting DLC in an expansion. I know, I've been playing it. I, I, I've got like 30 or 40 hours sunk into Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning. They made a really good change that I very much ag- agree with, John. Oh, they slowed down the level progression. I, uh, yeah, I feel like once you got out of that first dungeon, you were overleveled for everything. I'm still, it still feels like I'm overleveled for everything and I'm just breezing through it. I am also playing on normal difficulty because I really just, I'm just looking to unplug, unplug that brain of mine and just hit, hit a couple of buttons and kill a couple of guys. 
Um, but the I have caught up to myself and gone further in the story than I've ever gone before, and I'm only level twenty nine. I mean, is it good? It is good for a, a relaxing game that you don't have to concentrate on. I I am not. I am. I am hitting skip through the story as much as possible. Um, I don't. I think. It's a product of its time in the early 2000s. You could have really long winding lore discussions with characters. I just kind of want to get to the part where I'm hitting stuff. Isn't that game like written by R.A. Salvatore or something? Yes, he definitely helped world build and, and write a lot of the lore behind the game. Yes. I don't know. Sometimes it's just nice to kill things with daggers. It's fun. Yeah. It doesn't take long to see, like, his his world building was just, let me do, you know, the high fantasy concept, but a little different. So, like, dwarves, instead of being miners, they're sailors. Haha, look how different it is. And, and and gnomes, they're tinkerers, which gnomes always are. So it's just like, okay, it's just high fantasy with more things. There is a cool DLC story that I experienced for the first time that involved a race of living statues called Col- Colossae or Colossi that was really pr- that was actually pretty interesting. Oh, that's cool. I'll I'll play it. I managed to grab it during the the PS Plus free game grabathon. Yeah, it's pretty it's you know, it's a little dated. You can kind of tell like the combat system was revolutionary for its time, but now it's like, hey, got a war game out, move move over. Yeah, that's the problem. I I went back and tried to play it. Uh, and this is uh, podcast poison, uh, but I was playing it a little bit and I was like, I remember when I played it, I was like, oh, this is like a little devil may cry but in an RPG. And now like every other thing has yeah. done like dodge rolls, combos, juggles. I'm like, this right. is not cool anymore. Yeah. I don't know. I-, I enjoy it. But now that I'm talking about it, it's like, man, I sunk 40. 40- 30 40 hours into this what am i what have i been doing with my life imagine the money you could have earned toward retirement <laughs> oh goody goody um wow well before we get out of here john i i told you i had one sentence to cover for for my content of the episode this week i'm excited I know, I, I, I've managed to withhold it until now and we can discuss this one sentence at length But here's the sentence. It was revealed on Saturday that Spider-Man across the universe, the Spider-Verse, sorry. (laughs) Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse, the sequel to Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, will be a part one of two. Yes. They found a way to do it. Uh, That, you know, that, that, that Lord and Miller combo that we love so much. They found a way... To give us a Spider-Verse trilogy in two movies. I have... Here's the thing. In almost no circumstance would I hear, oh, this is only part one of the thing, and then feel positively about it. Except uh, the new Dune and a new Spider-Verse movie. Because I want as much of those two things as I can possibly get. Right. It's weird. When we learned that The Hobbit was split into three movies, we all kind of groaned. Um, But for some reason, well, 
having seen Dune and, and seen how good Dune is, I'm excited for that. But I just like that this this part one announcement just means there's more guaranteed coming on the way, and that's exciting. Yeah, I mean, given the joy that I've received from uh, Into the Spider-Verse over the years, uh, I just want more of it. I, I know you don't watch trailers, but I watched the teaser for it. It looks sick. I didn't watch it. Uh, I know you're not going to, but it looks sick. Uh, do not, do not fear. Also, uh, what is Spider-Man 2099? Yeah, Miguel. Yeah, he's in it. Ooh. Uh, it's very cool. That's exciting. It's very cool. That's exciting. I would be disappointed if they didn't get everybody back. Uh, yeah, me too. But I feel like there's so many other good Spider-Mans. Yeah. Okay. There's Spider's Man. What, was that a man made of spiders? Yeah, I, I believe it, it was. I forget what it was for, but it, it is Spider-Man, except he is a collection of sentient spiders who believe they are Peter Parker. That's pretty awesome. It's, it's pretty good. There's I'll send you some Spider's ones. Man content later. Yeah, do that. There's a lot of good spider people, people out there. We just need more of them. More, more. Spider-Man. I... Listen, Spider-Man fans are eating right now. There has never been a better time to be a Spider-Man fan, except maybe in the mid to late 90s. There are two big properties in superheroes that are going to face uh, a smorgasbord of content in the in the coming years. One of them is Spider-Man, and the other one is Batman. Because we're, we're about to enter a year with three different Batman at the same time. Uh, that will be fascinating. We have so many different Spider-Men, too. Yeah. Do, yeah. If for the best two heroes in comic books, Spider-Man and Batman. Agreed. We're, we're gonna... We're, we're, yeah. Dinner is served. It's, it's a multi-course meal. Don't fill up. Yeah, don't fill up. Listen, there's gonna be a lot of spider bread at this table. And bat bread. Don't eat, don't, don't fill, fill up, up on, on the bat spider bread. and bat bread. <laughs> I, I so people are like, uh, oh, we're gonna hit a superhero fatigue wall, and I'm like, <laughs> if we do, I I I when is it gonna happen? <laughs> Listen, we're gonna hit a superhero fatigue wall, and I'm gonna say that's four or five Kingo movies from now. <laughs> Kingo is not getting his own movie. Kingo is getting his own movie. Kingo is the flagship. Never in an ensemble cast has one member received their own movie before. Yeah, he's not going to have his own movie. It's going to be a duo movie. It's going to be Kingo and (laughs) Ant-Man. Why those two? Listen, you don't think it works, but you'll be surprised. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, I'll look forward to Ant-Man and the Kingo. No, it's Kingo first. Kingo first? Not alphabetical order? Absolutely not. Kingo and Ant- and the Ant-Man? Yeah, Kingo and the Ant-Man. <laughs> one is... One is... One is big... Muscular and one is big, small magic. Wait a second. One is big. Bu- okay, let. I don't know how much I have to fucking spell this out to you. <laughs> Kingo and the Ant-Man. One is big by muscles. One is big, small by magic. But it's science, not magic. 
What is science but magic we don't understand? <laughs> I'm Kingo. <laughs> you really liked Kingo. I have not seen the Eternals. What the fuck? I have not seen the Eternals yet because I will not go to a movie theater for oh, the you Eternals. Won't? No, I'll go to a movie theater for Dune, just not for the Eternals. I gotcha. We went for Encanto. That was pretty good. I'm very excited for Encanto. Yeah, it was pretty good. I love a magic house. He do- he loves a magic house. I love a strong lady. There's a strong lady who has, in my opinion, one of the better songs. And I love magic. There's no magic in the movie. It's all science. God damn it. <laughs> it's all Ant-Man. Wait, is this a prequel to Kingo and the Ant-Man? Yeah. Encanto is the prequel to Kingo and the Ant-Man. Oh, that's why Encanto is Spanish for Kingo and the Ant-Man. Yeah. Little, little trick. A little trick. They hit it. In Kingo? Oh, wait. Kingo? Henry? Kingo is big by muscles. Strong lady is big by muscles. House is big, small by magic. The Ant-Man. But unfortunately, lady is big, strong by magic and muscles. Oh, God damn it! This ruins everything. Yeah. I guess I have to see Eternals to see if Kingo is big, strong by muscles and magic. You don't even know what... You don't even know if Kingo lives through the movie. Okay. Well, spoilers. Now you told me Kingo's in the movie? God damn it! Yes! Of course he's in the movie! Okay. I I can't deal with these spoilers. I guess I just have to go see The Eternals, which is definitely not in theaters anymore. You can probably wait like a week and it'll be on Disney+. Plus. Also, check out Hawkeye. Uh... Can I? No, we don't have enough time for me to shoot. We don't have Hawkeye. enough time. Let me just tell you, it's not about Hawkeye. It's not. It's about Haley Stanfield. Um, who arguably is... yes, and arguably it's also about another character, but it's not really about Hawkeye. It's uh, I don't know. The first episode left a really bad taste in my mouth. We don't have to oh. get into it. Matt Fraction is weeping right now. I just don't like. If a show is predicated on, like, the quality of its, like, in-the-street action, don't make the in-the-street action really bad and have 12 million cuts in it. It's not Hawkeye's fault. It's, okay. It's fine. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. I know they Look, could only have so many people in frame because of COVID. That's probably it. I'm just very particular when it comes Haley to the Steinfield way. Steinfeld is Gwen. She's Gwen. She's the main character in Arcane. She's great. Oh, she is? Yeah. Arcane she is play- good. She plays Arcane? I'm guessing that's the main character's name. I think her name is Vi? I have no idea. It's League of Legends stuff. Yeah. Anyway, that's enough recommendations of things. Oh, I forgot to say, god damn it. Okay, before we get out of here, I have to cover this. I wanted to do this at the top of the episode, slip my mind. We're in December, John. December, the month of <laughs> the month of Kingo. The month of Kingo and happy Honda Days and the time for the best worst of 2021. That's right, we're doing it again. We have no choice. It is our tradition here on Zero Credits to go through the best and worst top 10 categories as picked by you, the listeners, the fams. 
So what we need is categories. We need you to send in your categories of things you want to hear us debate. Now, we always kind of do movies, video games, and some other tenant tent tent pole categories. So skip those. But the more niche things, like maybe something that happened this year that you want to hear us discuss, like airline incident or um, mass firing by a corporation. Or character from the movie Tenet. I never saw it. Neither did I. Yeah, that 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 did. Co- no, that was last year. Was that this year? I have no idea. This year and last year are the same. Did has anyone discussed that yet? No, I think we're the first. Okay, well, this year and last year is the same. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So yeah, send in your 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 categories that you want to hear John and I fight over for best worst twenty twenty one. Uh, it's always the longest episode of the year. It's insane. It's crazy. It's fun. Uh, I'm overselling it. I mean, at no time of the year do I seed uh, more of my opinions just so we can stop talking about something. It's true, and I do the same. And uh, most of the fighting is just gentlemen's disagreement agreements. Pretty much. We, we're kind of of the same mind about a lot of things. It's true. So that's going to happen. It's the last episode of the year. It's coming up. So get those category suggestions in while you can before it's too late. Yeah, I can't think of a better way to sell the big best worst. The big best worst. So how can you send in those suggestions you might be asking yourself at this point in time? Well, let old Henry, that's what I call myself, Tell you how. I feel like we maybe could have planned this better and I could have teed off best worse than it really could have gone to you pretty seamlessly. But uh, you've got to do a lot of heavy lifting right here at the end of the episode. And boy, are my arms tired. That's right. If you want to send us your category suggestions for best worse 2021, that is their year. That's the year 2021. It sounds, oh, that doesn't sound, that sounds fucking fake. John, does 2021 sound like a fake year to you? Yeah, it sounds like the year of a fictional Spider-Man from the future. It really does. It's not. It's real. You can send us your category suggestions on Twitter.com at Z-C-P-C-W-H-J, which John, as I understand it, knows what stands for. That stands for at Kingo. Send Kingo your questions and Kingo will answer them. That's right. That's absolutely correct. Uh, But if you want to send us a longer list or you just don't have a Twitter, as a lot of people don't, it's just a thing that happens, you could send us an email to email at zerocredits.net and we'll get that list and incorporate it in our master list of best worst categories. Uh, We are on a number of podcast streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podchaser, Good Pods, um, Bob's Your Uncle Pods, Pods on the Street, Pods for Days, Pods with a Z, and other things. We're in the Blueberry Podcast directory as well. Uh, If you can leave us ratings or reviews on any of these platforms, we would greatly appreciate it. It increases engagement and shows that people actually listen to the podcast it's a thing we want we want we want to see that we want to know it in our heart of hearts 
But the most important thing you can do to us, and I do mean to us, is spread this podcast with those words from your mouth. Word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. So tell a friend, tell their bell end, and tell make amends. It's the holidays. It's happy Honda days. Spread the cheer with a beer. Or if you're sober, don't get pulled over. These rhymes don't make sense. Those are pretty good rhymes, Henry. I, uh... While you were while you while you were saying all that, uh, my ears started ringing and I felt very weird. Maybe you shouldn't drink while you're taking Benadryl. Uh, but from everyone here at the Zero Credits uh, Mixing Medications podcast, covered in hives, uh, we would like to wish you a happy week. Goodbye and happy Honda days. Happy Lexus December to remember sales event. Let L L D T R L D December to remember L D T R S E. Libertarsa. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>